There is no other podcast like this, so proceed with caution as we challenge your beliefs by providing the forbidden information kept away from you and your family by modern medicine so they can keep you on the path of drugs for anything and drugs for everything. Hundreds of years of preventative medicine have been destroyed by Big Pharma. We're in the dark ages of true healing. After all, it's not just about living long, it's about living well. If your continuing search for answers has led you nowhere, you will find the truth here on the Forbidden Doctor Podcast. Now prepare to have your consciousness explode into the next evolutionary stage of human existence with your hosts, Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. Stockwell. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Jack. And Mary. Hey, today we're going to be talking about myths, health myths in fact that everyone thinks are true, but actually are very far from it. We'll cover how you can avoid diabetes, breast lumps, skin cancer, gaining weight, heart attacks. And lots of other things. Yes, but we know you don't necessarily have any of these, not to mention at all. But what we do know is that you want to be the healthiest you ever in 2016. So we created a cheat sheet to tell you what foods are good for you and which ones to avoid. This list is simply the easiest step you can take right now to make a real difference in your health. Head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com slash gaps and grab your copy today. You can glimpse at it while you're doing your grocery shopping or when you're trying to decide what to order in a restaurant. This is the simplest, easiest first step you can take today to keep yourself healthy and energetic. So after the show, be sure to head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com slash gaps and start making a difference today. Okay, today we are going to talk about seven medical myths. And we're going to cover the myth. We'll state the myth. We're going to make this a real short podcast. Hopefully, we'll state we'll state the myth, why we think it's right, why we all think it's right. But actually, then we'll cover why it is wrong, and then we'll give you the episode that we talk about these myths in more detail. If you want more information. Yeah, because this is episode 51. That means we've done 50 episodes, <laughs> and most of what we're going to talk about here. Um, and, and because the greatest amount of episode downloads actually have occurred since some of these podcasts were given, we want to refer back to them in case some people have missed them or haven't heard them, um, as a part of this myth structure we're doing today. So why don't you mention the first one? The first myth is huge. (laughs) This is probably the, the myth that has destroyed more health in this country than anything else, in my opinion. And this is the myth that there is too much acid in the stomach, an acidic, you know, stomach that causes acid reflux mm-hmm. or heartburn or GERD. They have all these different names for it. But the doctor will tell you there's too much acid in your stomach. And then they tell you to stay away from acidic foods because that's another myth that we think acidic foods will cause acid reflux or an acid, a sour stomach, they call it also. And, and that myth is that acidic foods actually turn into an alkaline ash inside of our bodies. So yeah, acidic foods will become alkaline. The whole idea is for in the digestive process is uh, an oxidation that takes place, sometimes reduction, but mostly oxidation where something that's acidic is going to become alkaline. Mm -hmm. Something that was alkaline is going to become acidic in the breakdown process. But the the reason we think that's right is because the heartburn that mm-hmm. we get from this acid in the stomach or the reflux, the burning that, you know, that, oh, I, you know, some people even have to go to sleep sitting up. They can't lie down or the, 
the acid will come up their, their throat, up the esophagus, and burn them. So it makes logical sense that acid reflux is because there's too much acid it in does. the stomach. It does make sense. I mean, it, well, duh, that kind of a thing. Yeah. So Where the truth is... You desperately need acid in your stomach to break down the food that you've eaten, particularly the proteins. What happens if you don't have enough acid in your stomach? The proteins will sit there and rot and putrefy and ferment. And your body's first rule is excretion. So it's like, you know what? This food is not broken down properly so I can absorb it into my bloodstream. So I'm just going to get rid of it right now so it doesn't go you know, down through my small intestine, beat everything up in there and beat up my colon. You know, the colon's a strong organ, but it can't take 30 years of undigested food going through it. So the body eventually just says, let's get rid of this right now and let's throw it up. When the the non-foods that we eat, and by non-food, I mean processed foods, foods that are different than the way nature made it, uh, it's difficult for the body, actually, in the great intelligence that exists inside of us, it's difficult for the body to figure out what to do with this stuff sometimes, so it just sits there. Yeah. You're, and <clears throat> the well, only acid that the stomach is going to release is hydrochloric acid, yeah. which is designed to break down proteins. But that hydrochloric acid will alter. It will form other kinds of acids while it's sitting there and sitting there and sitting there. That's why I said it. That, that's why I wanted to jump in and say, so it, the myth is kind of true that you do have too much acid in your stomach. You have the wrong kind of acid Yeah, it's, it's been altered from what nature made in the hydrochloric. And it will make, a, yeah. And it sits there and it makes gas and it turns into a volcano. Ferments. And it gets through the cardiac valve mm-hmm. at the top of the stomach. Which has paralyzed because you have too much bacteria in your oh, stomach. Oh, it's just terrible. Because you don't have enough acid in your stomach. That's right. Your stomach... Hardly has any bacteria at all in it. Has a little bit. It shouldn't have any, except for a small species. It has a small, yes. but but we get it way mm. overgrowth, and it paralyzes that cardiac valve, and the food it just, will close. Yeah, so you lay down, and the food just rushes right, right up. So, however, if you had enough acid, and that and this is so easy to fix, isn't it? A little bit of acid. Little, yeah. What do we do? A little bit of zypan. A little bit of zypan. This is episode twenty nine. You're listening to 51. We refer you to episode 29, The Forbidden Cure for Heartburn and Acid Reflux. And we've had patients in as little as what? Two days, three three days. days, Have a massive change. Some people have taken longer, but some people as as little as uh, half a week to a week eliminate acid reflux simply by adding acid to the stomach. Yeah, I had this lady that um, had gotten so much better I think she comes in about once a year now, but she had gotten so much better. Her husband finally came in, I think on about her seventh test with me or consultation with me. And he was sitting there all curled up from rheumatoid arthritis. He was, he had just gotten out of the hospital. With five, they put five stents in him. He was, um, in his heart, in, in his heart, five stents in his heart. And he was completely yellow. Like his liver wasn't even working. Huh. So the reason he came in with her, because he thought what we did is witchcraft and, you know, really, Anyway, so the reason he came in is Maybe because... Maybe if we turned people yellow, he would <laughs> no. believe in what we do. Yeah, well, this is what I did. <laughs> is is he, he came in because he she gave him three Zypan the night before, and it stopped his 20-year acid reflux. Oh, my goodness. That's why he came in. And he's sitting there at the very end of the test, and she's just bouncing around in the chair. She goes, you know, I'm so worth it. That's the reason she right. comes in, even though her husband thinks it's quackery. So at the very end, he's sitting there all curled up and, and yellow and everything else. And he goes, Mary, 
do you, do you think I had to come in for a consultation? <laughs> and I said, well, I don't yeah. know what you're doing. How's that working out for yeah, you? Yeah, well, there's nothing for confidence like a little success. <laughs> but so when he's not confident in what we're doing to begin with, but gets a little success but with he, what we're doing. He did. He, got, he took the Zypan with, and it... Yeah, with something as simple as taking Zypan. Yeah. Lots of stories to tell about that. But that's myth number one. There's too much acid in the stomach, and that is not true. That You don't have enough acid in the stomach. Well, go to, you really know. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I go to episode that. 29 to, to hear you know a 40-minute discussion on this. Now, you really know myth number two. Ooh, yeah. There's myth- nothing to do about breast lumps until they become cancerous. <laughs> well, this is our premiere episode, episode one, Melting Breast Lumps. We also talked about it in episode 31, breast cancer's forbidden prevention and then i gave you an incredible protocol in episode 32 breast cancer cheat sheet but we all think that we're just living with time bombs you know oh she got cancer he got cancer oh her her fibrocystic breast turned to cancer oh unlucky her yes and that's what i thought too i remember when i found my breast lumps my neighbor gave my really sweet neighbor gave me this book on how to prevent cancer and i I just looked at her. I was like, well, I don't have cancer. I just have breast lumps. I, I mean, it was, but anyway, I just crossed my fingers, never touched my breasts again, you know, never did that breast exam because that was too scary. And it didn't turn into breast cancer for me because I found you mm. and we want, went on a quest to get rid of it. But I haven't had breast lumps for years and years and years. Um, I think we got rid of mine in about four or five months once we started on the really big protocol that I... Which is described very much in episodes 1, 31, and 32. Yeah. So we don't have time bombs in us, um, but we get in this sense of security because the biopsy comes back and says it's not cancerous or... So we think that lump's okay. Yeah. It's not a cancer lump, so it's an okay lump. Yeah. No. Like my like my radiologist told me, he says, every woman has it. It's just, it's just fibrocystic breast disease. Every woman has it. And then he reaches out and pats my knee and he says, come back when it's cancer. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I did have that fear. So go to um, episode one especially. Um, and then episode four, I have to throw that one in. It's yes, to, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, episode four is the introduction to the gut. And that's what... in. That's where you need to start with getting rid of your breast Remember, no other organ or area of the body is any healthier than the gut. Yep. All health begins in the gut. All right. That's myth number two. There's nothing to do about breast lumps until they become cancerous. Hogwash. Number three, myth number three, eating fatty food will make me fat. (laughs) (laughs) We refer to episode 40. Seven foods you thought were bad for you that will save your life. But as you and I were discussing here before we did the podcast, we're not really asking the right question. The The, the question isn't, will eating fatty food make me fat? The question is, what makes you fat? Yeah. Where does fatness come from? The fat of the land, the fat paycheck. <laughs> You know, those those were good terms at one time, but of course they've, you know, since Ansel Keys and 1950s and, you know. Fat does not make you fat. No, fat does not make you but fat. But here, here's a quick answer. If you eat sugar with fat, your body will use the sugar immediately and store the fat. Yeah, fat's loaded with energy. There's twice as much energy in a gram of fat. There's more than twice, actually. Uh, then there is a gram of carbohydrates, which is sugars, or protein. Yeah, and your body will switch over 
if you cut out the sugar in your life, your body will switch from getting sugar energy from sugar to energy from fat. And I watch it in our patients all the time when I say there'll be a couple days where your body's screaming at you, give me my sugar, give me my sugar, mm-hmm. as the candida's dying off and you hear all these screams inside your body. And you'll have some profound tiredness because your body's just waiting for that Snickers bar at three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> but it will switch over and it will use fat for energy, which is a much better energy source, which is what we used to always eat instead of sugar. Sugar was hard to get for thousands of years. You know, you think there's certain mammals that spend the um, harvest time of the year loading up on sugar-rich foods to build the fat stores inside their bodies so that they can hibernate during the winter. We think of bears hibernating. There's other animals that do. But they eat bear. You, know, it, it, you have to wait till spring fertilization of plants takes place, the summer growing of these plants, and then in the fall, um, the tremendous amount of berries and things like that that the bears eat because they're loaded with sugar. That sugar is converted to fat inside the bear's body so the body can live off that fat during the winter. They don't live off of sugar during the winter. They live off of fat because that's nature's way of storing the energy. The thing that triggers the release of the hormone is the presence of sugar. This hormone, insulin, is the hormone. And insulin's number one job is not to get sugar out of the blood and into the cells. It's to store fat. And if you consume extra carbs or sugar, your body's going to store it as fat. If you're eating both carbs, which is sugar, and fat at the same time, your body's going to go for the sugar for energy instead of the fat. And why? As you just said there very well. <laughs> your body always thinks you're going to starve. Yes, it, your it body doesn't know you're going to eat another this, meal. This is the last meal, so i got to use this energy. This, yeah. the, any energy I can get. And sugar, you explain this very well, why sugar is so easy to get. Well, because turn. sugar has free oxygen in the sugar molecule. By sugar, by free oxygen, I mean the oxygen is released very easily in the metabolism of the sugar. Fat doesn't have any oxygen in it. And But fat is a, is a glycerin molecule with three fatty acids. Now, in those three fatty acids, there's oxygen that's locked up. But it has to go through a totally different process. To release it. To release it. And so it, it means the fat has to be oxidized. People who've studied, you know, that are listening right now, who've studied nutrition to some degree know that fat oxidation is the process that releases the energy from fat. And fat oxidation occurs in the liver as well as in some cells. But the fat in the liver can be broken down or oxidized, but certain cells in, you know, in the liver that do this, but most cells in the body need the fat to be broken down outside the cell by certain hormones in the blood in order for the smaller fat structures to be absorbed through the fat wall into the cell for energy. In other words, we hear about triglycerides. Mm-hmm. In our, you know, we get a blood test and, well, what are your triglycerides? Well, the triglycerides... it's too big of a molecule to go through the wall of the cell. So there's hormones on the cell wall that will break that triglyceride down into glycerin and three fatty acids. They each go through the cell wall, then they come back together again on the other side of the cell wall as a triglyceride inside the cell. And a normal fat or or triglyceride has to go through this process. But sugar or glucose, you know, essentially, which is the final breakdown product of sugar, is a small molecule. And that can be absorbed through the sugar wall with oxygen intact, so the energy releases much faster. 
But you know, so if you you know kids that go bouncing off the wall or get really hyper after they've had a soft drink or a candy bar. They don't do that if you gave them an egg, you know, which is mostly fat. They're not going to be bouncing off the wall because the energy release from that egg yolk is going to be a lot slower, but consistent without peaks and highs and lows that the sugar will do. So, so, so in the morning, instead of that dry toast you eat and you gag down, (laughs) it would be better to eat two or three slices of butter instead of the carb, instead of the toast. And, but the the combination of the two is where you get in trouble. That's where you get fat is the the sugar and the fat together. Donuts. That's right. Or co- cookies. Or toast cakes. with bread. Uh, toast with yeah, butter but, on it. Yeah, toast with butter. But but you realize if you eat that dry toast, you're hungry again in what two hours? Yeah. But you ate three slabs of butter. Now who's going to eat three slabs of butter? <laughs> we suggest that those of you who drink hot drinks like coffee. Mm-hmm. You put the butter in your coffee. Eat it with eggs. Yeah, lots of or, butter and eggs. Or, or cook, fry the eggs in butter and put some extra butter over the egg. And I'm telling you, you will not be hungry till three or four in the afternoon yeah. if you have a breakfast like that. Or else our raw egg shake <clears throat> that we, we give to our patients all the time, which is a lot of fat. And you won't be hungry till about one in the afternoon. Yeah. You'll have sustained energy and you won't get Fat and when, from fat. So remember, when we consume more sugar than the body can use in any one moment, like sitting in front of the TV with no real energy requirement while you're eating processed carbs, that sugar is going to go to fat, I promise you. Yeah. So remember. So it, if it, you've, let me, let me say this one thing. If you're going to sit in front of the TV, like I probably will later today with football playoffs going on. <laughs> um, if you sit there and just nibble on some uh, non-cured jerky. Yeah, you're way ahead of the game no than sitting chance. there eating popcorn or pizza. Pizza is a classic. Doritos, Doritos, any you know, <laughs> chips, anything like this that have been fried in those oils. Um, that that is a classic way to gain weight. Yeah. So we covered this extensively in episode forty. Good snacks for you. Um, foods you thought were bad for you that will save your life. So go to that episode if you want to hear more about that myth. All right. That eating fatty food will make you fat. So one of my favorites now. Myth number four. Vaccines will protect you from illness and its evil stepsister. <laughs> Vaccines are only made of dead viruses and saline. Yeah, that, that's, that's the myth that most people believe. I had a RN nurse in my office the other day, and I said, I, I bet you think the vaccines only have a dead virus or an almost dead virus and saline, which is just water. I bet most people think that. That's the myth that we think, oh, it's just a dead virus and water. That's all that's in that shot. And she said to me, yeah. Mm. We refer you now to episodes (laughs) 34, 35, and 36. Yeah, it was really scary. And I explained the the, uh, mercury, the aluminum, and the reason for those horrible... um, Adjuvants. Adjuvants, that's the word. They're also known as excipients, Mm -hmm. also known as adjuvants. And what they do is they so irritate the body that it gets the immune system up and jumping. You put a dead virus in, the body's not going to recognize it, but you put mercury in with that, the most toxic substance known to man, and your immune system's going to go on red alert, and it's going to maybe recognize the dead or almost dead virus. And it does. 
you know, we do titer tests and we see that there are antibodies for those. Yeah, within two, that's how they determine the vaccine works. It does work. Not that it helped anybody, right. but that within two weeks, an antibody for what's inside that vaccine right. shows up in the blood. And they say, oh, well, there you go. But at what cost? Well, that's... See, I would that's, rather get the flu, get chickenpox, get measles, get mumps, than... Than to put up with what's in the rest of that shot. And it's yeah. not just a dead or attenuated virus and saline, which is salt water. They, they make sure that the fluid in there is of the same salt consistency as the salt in your bloodstream so that there's not a conflict there, which is why we use saline. But like you said, the adjuvants that are in there, the mercury, the... Um, Aluminum oxide, and, and there's some and studies. And which is a known carcinogen. Yes. It's on the carcinogen yeah. list. Yeah. Well, there's some studies that suggest that the aluminum oxide is just as seriously dangerous to the body as the mercury is. Yes, and I had a one of the, and it really was one of the preeminent, I had one of the premier immunologists in Utah tell me when I was talking to him about vaccinations and viruses and all this type of stuff, he threw back his head and laughed. You were there. He threw back his head and laughed and said, there are so many viruses. I mean, as if we could vaccinate for all the viruses out there. He just kind of laughed at it. Yeah, we need to be one with all this and build our immune system. So we're not telling you to or not to get vaccines. We're just saying you may want to look into it, especially episodes 34, 35, and 36. Yeah, we had to break it into three episodes. Oh, because, yeah, episodes it's, one, you know, why are, serious. why are children dying? Uh, you can't go through the news anymore till you find out there's another child that passed away shortly after a flu vaccine or Little some other kind. Especially. Episode 35 is what's in the vaccine. Episode 36, vaccines and the autoimmune disease, because the rise. I keep thinking of the of the um, Schwarzenegger, Terminate, the rise of the machines. That Was it Terminator 2 or Terminator 3? The, ri- the rise of the autoimmune disease. Which we've never, never heard of. 70 years ago, never heard they of. laughed at the thought that the, the body would attack itself. Yeah. Now there's over 80 immune attacking diseases that are under study. Yeah. All right. So that's myth number four. Vaccines will protect you from illness, and vaccines are only made from dead viruses and water. Yeah, there's an awful, if that's all it was. But then if that was all it was, you wouldn't build antibodies to it. All right. Myth number five, diabetics only have pills to rely on. In other words, if you have diabetes, it's a one-way road or one-way street. And the only way to deal with it is with medication. I had a seven-year-old daughter, not daughter, seven-year-old girl (laughs) whose grandmother came in to see me. And she said this seven-year-old granddaughter is living with them. And Mm -hmm. the mother, who is, it's her, it's her daughter-in-law. The mother will not limit her diet at all. Soda pop, candy, whatever. She just because she gets her insulin shots. Insulin shots. Yeah, and she was just. And the general, the general counsel is, if you know you're going to be eating three large pieces of caramel pecan turtle cheesecake after dinner, (laughs) double your insulin shot. Just for Pete's sake. Just manage it with your insulin. You know, there's there's just no healers. So we have episode 25 to refer to, Diabetes, Amputations, and E-Harmony. <laughs> and you'll have to listen to it to, to know why it has that title. And episode 37, How to Reduce Insulin Intake, where I explain enzymes. The pancreas, like the heart, responds super 
I mean, very rapidly to nutrition. Yes, it does. And Dr. McBride says it's the easiest organ to heal, the pancreas. Now, you, you wonder why she would say such a thing when you consider, I mean, you know, you tear up a knee, it'll take three years to heal. Mm-hmm. You tear up a shoulder, it'll take three years. The same thing with a badly, horribly torn up, sprained ankle, it'll take three years before it finally heals. Two to three, uh, yeah. Bad bone problems, three years. Why do you suppose something like the heart and especially the pancreas can heal so rapidly? Their life. They're life dependent. Your life life does not depend on the meniscus tear in your knee, but it does the pancreas. If you can't break down the food you eat, that's mostly what the pancreas does, by the way, not the insulin production. But if you can't break down the food you eat so the heart can pump it around in the bloodstream... What, do, yeah, you, what yeah, do you got? That's right. You got nothing. So in as little as two weeks, we've had patients have remarkable improvement in their blood sugar numbers by following the advice of episode 25 and especially 37. Okay. So that's myth five. Diabetics have only pills to rely on. That's not mm, true. Myth number six, Mary. Sun. The sun causes skin cancer. Yes. Episode oh. 20, we refer you to how to really prevent skin cancer. The sun does not cause skin cancer. A bad immune system causes skin cancer. We've been out in the sun for thousands, maybe millions of years and not gotten skin cancer. Well, right now, even as you speak, there are well over one, two, maybe three billion people on this planet out in the sun right now <laughs> with no skin cancer. They've never had it. They never will have it. Well, and back then, too, you know what? If you're getting a sunburn... <gasps> You get out of the sun. You know, we just slather on sunscreen and we stay out for, you know, yes. and all those chemicals just seep into our... Right. And we know that the skin is deleterious to the... Or I mean, the sun is deleterious to the skin. The sun hurts the skin if you're in it too long. And well, But we're yes. made to be in the sun. But the problem, you have two people, one with very healthy skin can be in the sun all day long with no problems. The other with unhealthy skin... That bombardment of the ultraviolet rays, let alone other things we haven't even discovered yet coming from the sun, but especially ultraviolet rays, will alter the DNA in the the cells that line the skin. Yeah, and why do we have unhealthy skin? Well, malnutrition. Malnutrition. Simply Um, malnutrition. Unhealthy. And if you have an unhealthy skin situation, what do you think is going on with the gut? Yeah, and skin is our biggest organ. Yeah, and the, and the gut is essentially made out of tissue very similar to what the skin is the made skin, of on the outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it heals really quickly, too. So um, the another thing we talk about in Episode 20, how to really prevent skin cancer, is the Huntsman Cancer Clinic yes. found the cure for skin cancer. As they called it. Yeah, they called it the cure. In that case, it was a virus, but other things can cure that also, but um, literally they injected a virus into the skin right where the cancer was, yes. and it went, it not only got rid of it there, I hate, I'm so nervous about using the word cure, but that's what they said, and then it went inside the body and got rid of the cancer inside the body, and a man is interviewed who had this horrible skin cancer, and he's sitting there going, I don't have it anymore. Yes, and it's what so did they inject him with? A virus. What kind of a virus? Oh, we don't know we don't for know. sure, but we know that they're experimenting with measles virus in cancer. It could have been. Um, another little boy on a CNN report, which we also talk about in that podcast, had cancer, and he was in, he got the measles. Because, see, we call to us viruses and bacteria and parasites and fungi to clean out something much more terrible inside of us. So this little boy got the measles, while well, he had skin or cancer, I'm not sure what kind of cancer it was, 
and his cancer went away. Yeah. And that's on CNN. Now, I think the easy explanation to that is the presence of the viral entity triggered the woke the immune system up. You heard the little rev in the background. The immune system comes alive, goes on alert, and then find, well, holy smoke, what's this tumor doing here? Yeah. And it gets rid of it. Yeah. So, but but the important point you just made a moment ago was that this was super big news the day it was announced on local television. We both heard it yeah. in the Salt Lake City area, and then not another word was mentioned. The FDA will probably never use this as a cure, never approve this as a cure because you can't patent a virus. Yes. And this man, this man on the video is better. Yes. And, yes. And, and, and we won't hear about it. That's why we're the forbidden doctors and we're bringing this to you, but that go listen to episode 20 and you'll hear all the stories. All right. Okay. The seventh myth, the last one, the, maybe the biggest one next to the acid. Cholesterol rate. is bad for you. <laughs> The bad monster cholesterol. In episode 19, we go into this really in depth. It's called The Real Cause of Heart Attacks and What to Do About It. But cholesterol has such a horrible name. It's like saturated animal fat. Ah, don't ever talk about sat. Don't. Saturated animal fat, the worst thing in the world. But we think. Not. Not. Yes, thank you. Yeah, cholesterol is the. But cholesterol is so important. It's the precursor to making hormones. There, we, we know of at least 50 hormones involved with emotional balance and function in the body that start as cholesterol. Yeah. I mean, what, what are we but our hormones? And I, I'll tell a quick story. We had a patient that had a three-year-old girl die, her three-year-old girl die. Um, I won't go into detail, but of course it was horribly traumatic for the family and we actually went over and visited them uh, and this is so hard to say but they we saw a prescription on the counter Counter. for the mother and i read what the the name of the pill was and we went and looked it up later but it was a statin which stops the liver from making cholesterol but Mm -hmm. worse than that is that it's, it's another drug. It's another drug that another it did, did something else where it stopped the dietary fat you were eating from being absorbed. Yeah, we call those uh, the acid blockers and acid soppers. There's other things you can take that will absorb. I mean, uh, fat soppers and fat blockers. We Not were, only do we block the liver from uh, making fat, we will. Uh, block the body from absorbing fat, and then there's another drug that will cause it the body to not absorb it, but it to be absorbed into a little Ball. fat globule, <laughs> yes, that passes through the and, system. And we do just the opposite. We work with our patients so hard to get their gallbladder working <laughs> yes. so they can break down and emulsify the fat in their body. And, and this lady was taking a pill to stop her body yeah. from emulsifying the fat yep. so here she is with a horrible tragedy like her daughter dying and she can't make hormones to, to be call- able to emotionally handle, handle to handle the grief and then to be able to go on with her life yeah she's already handicapped seriously because she she will not process the fat that's necessary to build the hormone to handle the yeah, pain and it goes back to the myth that fat will make us fat and i know that's why she was taking these yes. i mean i suspect that's why she's taking that fat blocker because she wants to get thin i mean fat is you know in any important fat structure in the body there is cholesterol involved with it to take cholesterol out of the body 
is like taking cement out of mortar when you're trying to build a brick wall. That's a good analogy. I mean, it, it, it is just absolutely crumble. nonsense. Well, there's more and more uh, research coming out all the time now about how beneficial cholesterol is. And there, I have patients who, you know, their cholesterol now has been forced below 100 by the drugs they're taking. You can't and think. of course, they're losing their lives. Their memory's gone. Their emotional life is gone. Their muscles are hurting. There's no sex life. There's no sympathy. There's no compassion. Their spouse is complaining that they're like a, a robot anymore. I and, had a patient uh, last week that's been on cholesterol-blocking drugs, um, the, the Crestor, the acid-blocking drug for, I mean, this is decades. And her, um, she's on, been on Zoloft for about 25 years, the depression drug, and then three heart drugs. She's the only one left in her family. All her family has died of cancer and Parkinson's disease. Heart and, disease. And heart disease. And she's, she's about my age. Well, she's 59. I'm 54. But to see this was heartbreaking. And, you know, I just, I just start off with, how's that working for you? You know, she came in so tired, so yes. depressed. Zoloft isn't working. The Zoloft isn't working anymore. She had to go on another drug, and that caused massive aching all over her body. And she's exhausted. She wakes up tired. I said, "How's that working for you?" And I said, "Every single thing you wrote down here for your symptoms, we can take care of. Your body can take care of. Yes. It can fix you. Yeah. Your body's set to repair and restore." Needs. Right. She was so excited by the end of my consultation, which was oh, five hours. <laughs> it was a long time. She was a very sick woman because of these myths, and and you know the bad cholesterol is bad for you myth is so sad because, and and the one that the myth that we think fat makes us fat. I mean, why was this lady on these fat blocking drugs? She was. She was a young lady. I mean, it, because she thought she'd be fat. So if you really want to, her value is dependent on her not being fat. If you really want to go to the foundational issue here. So if you want to do that, you can go listen to the five minute forgiveness cure. I don't know what number that is on our um, 16. Oh, number 16. Podcast 16. The five minute forgiveness cure to really, you know, all health begins in the gut, but it also begins in our mind. Yes. True emotional healing, which, you know, body follows mind. You're so, so right. I'm sorry I kind of went on there for a minute, but there's, there's the seven myths and what to do about them. They're big myths and they're wrong and <laughs> they can all be changed around. Your whole thought process can be different. Yes. You should have seen this lady's face when I said saturated animal fat is good for you. <laughs> You mean I can eat and eggs? She, you know what she I said? I can eat butter? No, yeah. I can eat That's cream? That's what she said. But she goes, Mary. I hate salads. I hate them. I hate them with a passion. And I sit there and I dutifully get a salad every single day. And I said, I've asked, I've asked patients the same thing. And I, I said, it's rabbit food. Yes. It's rabbit food. Are you a rabbit? If you could sit there and have a nice big uncured, grass pastured, raised, no shots, no hormones, pork no chops. vaccinations, <laughs> pork chop or ribeye steak or whatever else, or a nice big salad. <laughs> which, salad. which one do you want? Now, if you really crave the salad, eat the salad. Yeah, for sure. But we, most of the people I ask, they'll go for the steak. Yeah. Most people. We mostly crave meat, eggs, fish, and dairy. Yes. And that's exactly what we're told not to eat. Well, yeah. not so much fish anymore, which is good, except don't eat fish with mercury in it. Yeah. And we cover that in one of our episodes about the gut, how your gut will get rid of the mercury, it gets rid of the and mercury. you go ahead and eat the fish. 
So today we've covered myths that most people believe to be true but are just way off. We know that you've got some amazing tips that will help you lead a healthier lifestyle. But we also know that changes can be scary and hard. So we created this complete list of good foods and foods to avoid so you can start making a real difference minus the hard work. (laughs) So head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com slash gaps and grab your copy of the ultimate food cheat sheet that reveals which foods you should consume and which to avoid. Simply grab a copy today and use it whenever you're making a decision about what to put in your body because it's the smallest, easiest step you can take today to make a true difference in your health. So be sure to head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com slash gaps right now and grab your free copy. All right. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Forbidden Doctor podcast with Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. It's our pleasure to join you on your health revolution and look forward to our quest for health together. Join us again next week for more health secrets and forbidden truths about self-healing. Until then, visit ForbiddenDoctor.com and enter your email to receive a special coupon for the Forbidden Doctor special scientific formula, our long-life energy enzymes. This custom-made one-capsule supplement is created from the most concentrated energy-stimulating enzymes. For more information, be sure to head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com. These podcasts are provided for information only. The previous statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Nothing that was said is intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.